0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They're going to try to stop the run. They're one of the best in the league, and they want to establish the run on their side. We've got to match that physicality. Trenton Gill.
1: Fields at the 24. Escapes. Nice run back. Only one man to beat. And Gill... Down the sidelines, skirting the sidelines, and takes it all the way in, but there's a flag down. Give it to Foreman.
2: And he's in.
1: Deontay Foreman takes it in for the touchdown. Field goal attempt for Eddie Pinheiro. Pinheiro's kick is. No good. That's right. Eddie Pinheiro comes up short on a 59-yard field goal, robbing us of a chance for overtime between Bears-Panthers. Bears win 16-13. to 13. And uh, I got to admit, Mina Kimes with me on this Thursday night recap that I was getting increasingly anxious, Mina that I asked you to join me for this of all games, and that it was potentially going to overtime. Like I was just feeling like internal guilt that that I, as a friend, asked you to to do this, and you were nice enough to say yes, and that this thing might be going late night.
2: Al Michaels was so stoked when he missed that <laughs> That was the the he's he just trying to hide it. A little bit, but like the tone of his voice when he when he made the call, he was just so delighted. Um, we knew we were in for. I knew what I was in for when I signed up for this game. I cho- you We talked about doing it last week, and I said, "No, Greg, let's wait because I have you on my podcast today." The Mina Keim Show, featuring Lenny, first episode back uh, in a while. Check it out where you get pods. We previewed a bunch of hopefully better games, and I said, "Let's uh, let's record that night so that the listeners can." I can, you know, advertise your appearance and so I, I, you know, nothing, no, no, my impression of this team, I guess at that time I thought maybe we get Justin Fields, which would have been a little more exciting, but, um, you know, I I, I was, I was committed.
1: I thought, I mean, now you're making me even more anxious that you beat me to plug in your show before, uh, I did, no, but the football (laughs) season is... Much better with Mina and uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I almost was thinking like, oh, I want to listen to Mina's back. I want to listen to the podcast. I was like, oh, wait, I was on it. I don't need to. You're great. I'll I'll wait till next week with Dominique and uh, and all the friends. Look, we're going to go through this game. And I do want to (laughs) start at the end of the game. But we'll we'll Mm -hmm. talk more big picture with these two teams. Uh, thinking about next year and thinking about the trade that they made and, and especially thinking about our uh, our short king Bryce Young there at the end of the game. I had mixed emotions because, yes, I, I wasn't really looking forward to uh, an overtime, but I wanted good things for Bryce Young. I wanted a touchdown on that drive, and it, it was kind of typical of the night. It was very difficult to get first downs, but they actually did get first downs on that drive. They got the ball back left with it was seven minutes and ten seconds left on the clock and all three timeouts. They took five and a half minutes, used the timeout, and went fifty yards on fifteen plays, three first downs, uh, including a, a handful of fourth down conversions. That was kind of their offense tonight. It was very difficult, uh, and they end up choosing because of a pen, you know because of a fourth in ten situation where Bryce Young almost got picked off the play before to kick. Something that seemed out of Eddie Pinheiro's range, and it was out of Eddie Pinheiro's range. Like, talk me through, I guess, what you saw from Young, that drive in particular, and we'll go through the whole night. But also that decision to just, like, not even try for the fourth and ten. I was thinking, like, this is crazy. This is a total lack of faith. Like, if he had not thrown an intercept or a near interception on that play before, yeah. I'm thinking they would have just gone for it. But I think they got spooked.
2: I Yeah, I can't defend the 59-yard field goal, but it is, in some ways it is emblematic of how difficult it is to talk about the Panthers right now, or rather how difficult it is to kind of analyze what's wrong with the Panthers because on one hand I can say, you idiot, why would you ask your kicker to do that? But on the other hand, do any of us really believe they would have converted that fourth and 10? And then on the other hand, is it Bryce Young's fault? Or is it the skill player's fault? On the other hand, is the play caller to blame? You know what I mean? It's just like everything is so bad and everything is kind of feeding off of each other at that point. I mean, they were moving the ball um, on that drive largely because the Bears, for some reason, were seeding the only part of the field that they were able to throw to, which was like the shallow middle. So, uh, you know, there there were... uh, uh, Bryce was able to make a few, I guess, stitch together a few completions there. But for the most part, it was a pretty miserable viewing experience i will say i thought the panthers offensive line looked better at times than they have through most of the season but again the bears pass rush is not exactly great shakes
1: right but they even then the bears still sacked him three times uh counting it up here sweat and um jones had three qb hits each i think they had nine as a team so some of that was on bryce young uh maybe a lot of it was on bryce young some of it was on the offensive line the the drive before they actually kicked a field goal on fourth and five at the 20 and i thought just like you're gonna need a touchdown at some point too and they they didn't go for it and one of the reasons they did have that drive that they got to the pinero 59 yard attempt is they actually were using all four downs and i didn't i didn't blame them that they're not going it on fourth down the rest of the day because there, there was nothing about this offense that gives you any confidence no running game. Before that last drive, their success rate was lower than any team. Uh, Robert Mays tweeted this out, in, in any game this year, other than the, really, I think the Dorian Thompson Robinson game. Say, this and a pretty was,
2: miserable offensive. Like the New York Football Teams, neither of them.
1: Uh, there was there was one other game. I'll, I'll find it while we're talking. Ooh. But like when you when you see Bryce Young right now, what do you see? Because. I actually think he was progressing steadily yeah. each and every week. People that didn't watch like that Dolphins game, for instance, I thought he played well in the Dolphin game. It's and there Texans were probably game. four or five throws in a lot of these games that were like, ooh, that was, those were Bryce Young yeah. throws. But the last two weeks, for the most part, have been pretty rough, including tonight.
2: Yeah, I don't know why. This defense is worse than like the Texans defense, which I thought he looked better. Again, well, are they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I feel comfortable saying that, especially with some of the injuries. And um, Okay, so on one hand... He is right now uh, a quarterback where the TV broadcast, which we just watched, makes him look worse than he is because no one is open in this offense much of the time. So when you're watching TV broadcasts and he's holding on to it, he's taking sacks, he's throwing it away, it looks awful. Then later when you watch the, t- I, the tape, doesn't exonerate Bryce Young, but it, it gives him a lot of uh, excuses, and I suspect that'll be the case. On the other hand, like some of the misses, um, it's, it's odd for me because... To my eye, a lot of it looks like if he's under any sort of pressure and he can't really like step into it, um, part because of his stature, he, I, he seems to be sailing throws or missing downfield. Um, but on the other hand, it's really confusing because like he routinely made those types of throws in college. And I understand that the speed of play is different, the defenders are different or whatever, but just the sort of me- mechanics of it you know he he would make impressive throws with touch under pressure all the time. So I guess it's 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 hard to watch. Um, i it doesn't feel good. I, I I suspect that if he was in a good situation, he would look decent based on the flashes we've seen. But for the number one overall pick that you just traded you know a valuable draft capital to the team that just beat you. You you don't want a quarterback who needs everything to be perfect around him, and, mm. or or even really good around him. And I think that is why, as a Panthers fan, you probably feel pretty nervous at the moment.
1: Right. Someone asked me, they're like, if you think, you know, Young and Stroud were, you know, switched spaces, would hmm. would the results be similar? And I was like, no. I think Stroud would make more of Carolina, but Bryce Young would look a lot better if he was. In Houston, I don't think he would look necessarily as good as CJ Stroud and wouldn't make the second reaction plays. and There there probably would be more problems, but he would look better. The height seems like a thing. Like on the pick six, the second one last week to Kenny Moore – it felt like he was trying to get it over the first defender and he had to put more speed on it than, than he could. Or, or tonight, there was an early third down where Montez Sweat kind of had a, a late mm-hmm. pressure flashed in his face and, and then he sailed the ball. And I hate that because I don't want the height to be a <laughs> thing. Um, as a diminutive man myself, you know, I'm I'm loving Tank Dell's but breakout I was season. To say, it's the, It's know? the
2: year of the little receiver. <laughs>
1: Yes. Actually I did a whole thing on that on NFL Plus this week. You know, you guys should check it out. I think I think it's still a free preview on NFL mm. Plus. Um, but I it does it feels like a factor. Then again, I think of other number one picks who have had absolutely disastrous seasons. Al Michael said something tonight. It's like in the day we live in, people want to make, you know, quick judgments. And and that's true. And and we're, you know, two of the people doing it on some level, but at least in the last 20 years, people were always making quick judgments. People made absolutely quick judgments on Eli Manning, who had one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen. And it was getting flayed in New York. Alex Smith was worse, I would say. Maybe the worst number one overall pick rookie season. Jared Goff uh, was in that ballpark. Jamarcus Russell was in that ballpark, too, and never bounced back. But those are, you know, three quarterbacks that went on to have good careers, certainly. So I don't think anyone is saying, like, it means your career is not going to work. But it does mean, like, this group in Carolina is being questioned fairly. I think Baldy sent out a tweet tonight, too, just like, can anyone explain what Carolina's offense is to me? And I'm like, man, Mm -hmm. if you've lost Brian Baldinger, I think that that's a problem. Like there was a a second and 16 play where everyone where he's on his own goal line and everyone's just running curls. And it does seem like they they don't really have a lot of answers because they don't have great players. And I don't think they don't really have a scheme to overcome it.
2: Yeah, I I was trying to figure out kind of like what's what's the goal here? (laughs) Like, or like, you know, because, you know, it was Frank Reich. And then he passed off play calling to uh, Thomas Brown, who comes from, the Rams and it doesn't it doesn't look very right like either i get i mean it i it certainly doesn't look like the Rams but they don't have the personnel to do a lot of that stuff i and that, you know again that's with the play calling it's like well you know i don't really know like yeah we can i mean there there's decisions in terms of like balance and when you call and that kind of thing but as far as like the actual play calling goes watching this group i don't know what I, I I hear that and I agree and it looks really bad but I also don't know what would work with the personnel that they have I mean I that's it it <laughs> uh, yeah I, I it's pretty befuddling Do you think Frank Reich passed off play calling very publicly once publicly once he realized that nothing was going to make it look good <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud
1: uh, It's not like it looked better like a- than I mean a man of integrity uh you know what he he said it earlier publicly actually that he was planning to pass it off mm. all along and his players said that too it it actually was something he talked about i think as early as training camp that at some point so i i don't think it was some plan but you're right i mean they they kind of mixed up who they're playing a little bit they like you know have a different running back rotation and there's a couple things they did do more play action tonight i don't know when when adam thielen is your one and mingo's just maybe not ready for that sort of role. They're trying to like, those guys should be threes and fours and they're trying to make it ones and twos. Like Terrace Marshall, they were supposedly gonna cut, but he's out there like getting the third most amount of snaps. They tried to trade him before the deadline. So it's tough. It's a little sad. I'm not totally giving up. Sometimes rookie seasons are really ugly for a while. And then you can have like a good final three or four games and and start feeling better about it. Gino had a nice run at the end of one of those seasons uh, with the jets back in the day. So it can't happen. Um, looking at like the trade though. Now, what, what were your thoughts on the trade that, you know, at the time?
2: I didn't hate it for Carol. I definitely, first of all, I, one of the things I really got wrong this off season was I, I, I get, I don't know why I thought Carolina's skill group would be fine. Um, I thought the offensive line would be good because they would they were improving as the uh, season went on last year, and by the end of the year, Kwanu, who's really taken a step back, although I don't think it was that terrible tonight, to be honest. But um, uh, at the end of the year, they seemed like they were headed in the right direction. The run game looked so good. You remember with Foreman, Foreman revenge game last season. Um, so I thought, like, yeah, this isn't the greatest group of skill players, but charks healthy and hearst looks like he did in cincinnati it's probably good enough I, that was clearly incorrect i mean not that you know there's been injuries and all that but it's it's just been so ugly um so anyways at the time my thinking with the trade was like you know you're if you, if there's a guy i love a team doing what it takes to go up and get him um i think though I underestimated how bad the situation and, and how in the process of trading away DJ Moore, not that he did that much tonight, for, for example, but how much worse the situation was becoming. And maybe in terms of like takeaways going forward, as I think about like, you know, teams taking big swings in the draft and that kind of thing. Um, I, I, this definitely wouldn't deter me if, if if you, if you have like firm conviction in a quarterback to go up and get him. And certainly Chicago would be in that position but you probably don't want to do something that also immediately sets that quarterback up to fail. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so maybe that is the takeaway. I don't know. I think this is, this might spook people from the size for a while though. I will say that.
1: It, it could be a setback for the short quarterback movement uh, until, or unless so he improves. Yeah. Cause DJ Moore is worth like a high first round pick. DJ, I, I know you have to give him the contract and everything, but. DJ Moore is like a best case scenario for you know a mid first round pick essentially, and you and you have him locked up. So that Chicago has to be really happy um, tonight because they have uh, the Panthers' first round pick. And it's looking like the odds on favorite for the number one overall pick. It, you know, them and the Cardinals are going to be in the mix. The Giants are going to be in the mix. The, the Bears now have a, have a third win. and The way they're playing, they, they feel like they'll win a few more games. Uh, we'll talk about the Bears. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: Okay, we are back. And uh, yeah, we should talk about the Bears fans are probably listening to this and like this is one of the better nights for Bears fans in a while. It's been a tough go for many years. (laughs) The fact that you own Carolina's pick and you beat them to bury them even further into your pick. I mean, it's about as good a moment as the Bears have had in a while. And they don't even have to worry about like the whole like is Taysom Bajan like Better than Justin Field. Yes. Like I don't, no, another, no one's gonna be getting into that. So they're sort of threading that needle perfectly.
2: That's another win. I was thinking that coming out of this game, where you have, cl- I, I always feel like as a fan, you just want clarity and you want your organization to have clarity. And, um, you know, that I mean, the Bayesian thing lasted way long. It even started at the beginning of this game, and I was like, come on, don't you know, with uh, Kirk and Hal, but they, I feel like after <laughs> two drives, they're like, yeah, we're not gonna pretend like this guy's more than a backup, which I appreciated it was like the uh, a much smaller version of russell wilson seattle week 1 last year in terms of the stakes for the trade trading team and mm. not 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 really but like from the perspective of the bears um you know where you feel really good about it the further you get away from it i think um just the amount of options that they have Feeling like, uh, you know, seeing how bad the team you trade with is, the pick becoming increasingly valuable, all of it, I feel like you have to feel pretty good about. And there's, there's also, there's glimpses on their team. I think the defense, you've had a few guys step up over the last, I know I was kind of making fun of them at the beginning of this, but they have, they, they have played better as the season has gone along. There have been individual players who have emerged as like probably being the core if you want to call it that. Sweat, also the trade, that actually I think looks pretty good early on so yeah it feels like a pretty good night for Chicago
1: Yeah, I think they had a couple Dexter made a one play who was one of their draft picks tonight. On the back end, their secondary is si- solid. Kyler Gordon's been playing pretty well. Johnson. Sweat Sweat gives them something. It they just yeah. they have too much cap space. Some teams have too much cap space, I think, and it's just harder to find good young players to spend it on than it is um to spend. So yes. I think Montez Sweat was was totally totally fine. It totally was totally fine. fine. Yeah, it was it's very different than Chase Claypool. Everyone bringing the Chase Claypool comp is like, no, he's he's a verifiable like top 25 edge or top 20 edge, and like y- you can be happy with him, and and you have the pick. My only thing is like when you're saying they have to be happy, like Bears fans, yes. But when I think they, I'm not totally sure Ryan Poles is going to get a chance to make this pick. Now, there's been some whispers I've heard about that, so it's like I don't know for sure, because I don't know if Matt Eberflus, who's now I think six and... 20-something, it's like 20, 25, is going to be the coach for sure. And I, I don't know for sh- sure if Ryan Poles is definitely the guy who gets to make those picks. And then it's kind of like, well, why did we uh, why did we do that? Um, and and as mm. much as they are really happy that they made those picks, it's like you, you still don't have necessarily the quarterback that you believe in. And that that's the main thing is you, you need to get that guy. And maybe that's Drake May or Caleb Williams, and they get a chance uh, – to take them, but you know they passed. They passed on the quarterbacks in this draft. They passed on, you know, Mahomes, of course, back in the day for Trubisky. But it wasn't that far back in the day? Like, do do you think Polls and like what what would you do? Do you think yeah. Polls deserves enough, like to stay? And and whether let's say they like finish out here five and twelve something like that. Like whether it makes sense to like keep keep rolling here with Eberflus and whatnot.
2: Well, so. I I don't see the case that Irvilus has made. I mean, the defense has been awful. Like I said, they they have been playing better, but during his tenure, I don't think they've done enough. You know, as a defensive coach, I don't think they've done enough for him to save the job. And um, yeah, especially like if you're if you were to get, I mean, honestly, even if you keep Justin Fields, but if you were to get a young quarterback, I would not keep the unsuccessful defensive head coach you bet like it just doesn't make any sense in fact if you get a, a young quarterback I think it'd probably pretty a pretty desirable job one of the two for like your Ben Johnsons or whatever of the world mm-hmm. um so I, I I think a lot of this in terms of their future polls future what they do obviously is going to ride on and and maybe it shouldn't but I just think it will on fields who's probably gonna return next week because he was questionable or whatever, to return this week. And, you know, when you look at their schedule I have in front of me, like, there's a lot of winnable games on here. So they go Detroit, it's tough. Vikings in prime time. Detroit again. Cleveland's tough. But then you finish with Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay. Those are all games that they can win, all games where I think Justin Fields... If he finishes the season with a certain amount of momentum, it's going to become like a very gnarly situation um, for them. Like hmm. in, in, you know, the decision. in a good way
1: though. I mean, if look, I think if they have a top two pick, if Carolina is a top two pick, I don't think it's that gnarly. Almost no matter how well he plays, I think they just look at it as like
2: take take quarterback amazing
1: that they can get what they can get for Justin Fields. They can get the quarterback and. You know who knows what else they can get because they'll have their pick and they'll have what they can get for fields and and they have an extra second it's exciting because look the the picks they got last year for in this trade were, were darnell wright and tyreek stevenson and the picks always look great on paper and, and darnell wright i think has actually played pretty well the last couple of weeks just from little i've seen stevenson's a rookie corner who's struggling but that that happens like but you got to make the picks count. But that that's a lot. And I think that's something to sell ownership, certainly, that polls kind of like had set them up well and deserves yeah. deserves a chance.
2: Yeah. I I remember really liking the trade for Chicago at the time, even if I thought, oh, even if the Bryce Young is really – they're giving up a really great quarterback. I guess, you know, like it could have been CJ Stroud. And in that respect, um, you you know you, you would you would do it you like if you if you now were a Bears fan you could you Ryan Poles <laughs> and you could turn back time you would take C J Stroud there right like that's what you would yes. do yeah but with what they knew and I think um, what and they with got Fields in the time, what they knew of
1: Fields yes
2: what they knew of Fields the fact that w- when I saw D J Moore was part of the trade I really liked it for them because of you know his value and the fact that I even though I I know I said at the beginning I thought Carolina was a good a much better place for a quarterback I didn't think they'd be good. So I liked it from that perspective as well. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of dodged your question about Polls' future. Euroflus to me is like a much
1: easier question. It's also a little unfair. There's like eight games left of the. There are eight season, games and left. I'm asking you to uh, his talk about another person's job. It's fair.
2: You know, he's had. There's things he's done that I th- I think the the trade was good. I like you said we we talked about. It. I thought the sweat trade was fine. Obviously, the claypool trade is the famous. Failure, but the Edmund signing doesn't look very wise. I was befuddled at the time, the decision to go from Roquan to him, you know, and then seeing Roquan have the year he's having, the two year, year and a half he's having, that doesn't feel great either. So it's a mixed bag, to be honest. Um, The
1: Eberflus hire is doesn't yeah. look great he's he's officially six and 21 that's that's the number
2: yeah that's um, not 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 ideal not so, good
1: but they have gotten better you know they went into this game They even though they turned the ball over so much on offense they were above average in yards per drive points per drive like they actually have moved the ball fairly well despite four games with an undrafted uh rookie backup quarterback who actually looks like a, a perfectly reasonable backup quarterback long term he's gonna play which forever is, Right, which back is a guys. nice thing to have, though, on a rookie contract. That was the whole idea behind the Rams drafting you know, Stetson Bennett um, or, or some moves like that with these day three picks. You're hoping to hit on a, a long-term backup. So they've got some things. I will let you out, Mina, soon, before hitting you fast with some important stuff um, before we go. Do you watch in the prime vision, you know, the next-gen stats, prime vision on Thursday uh, nights? I
2: go back and forth sometimes okay. I do, sometimes I don't
1: it's annoying watching? when chicago because the the camera angle is so low mm. it's not it's not up high the, the new orleans one's too high the chicago one's way <laughs> too low it's it's the same as all the all 22 tape that you get um but i wasn't i was enjoying that but that you're right i when i'm watching that there was not a lot of plays where i thought like oh what is Bryce like, young what am i messing? what am i
2: getting out of this
1: <laughs> well not so much that. It's more like what is bryce young gonna do just like it's right, it's, yeah. it's not too exciting um, what do you think about a a broadcast going for a full quarter just having a conversation with Jason Kelsey? I thought just that like was not, the not most... about the game. <laughs> yes.
2: That was like I mean, so that, that it was it had a preseason feel, right? Like this whole game had a preseason feel. It but did. like I I that was so um I don't want to use the word disrespectful because it was appropriately respectful of the football that we were watching, but it was like outrageous. Uh, like they didn't even attempt. They didn't even ask him about like things. I mean, they did a tush push at one point,
1: right. and
2: uh, was he in the booth? At no,
1: that? they just showed that their own tush push oh, and talked about so com- it. So he missed the, the the Bears yeah. tush push,
2: which succeeded. I feel like tush-pushes now are like fourth down where everyone just pays attention to when they fail and like most, well, it's a fourth down, but most of the time, they a lot of the time they work. A lot of teams are good at them, but there's this Komets kind of narrative. failed
1: on one earlier, but I actually am impressed they didn't give up on it and they earlier in the season and they, they went back to it. There's this uh,
2: narrative out there that the Eagles are the only team that are doing them well, but like the Bills usually succeed with it. Um, I did enjoy... When the Panthers uh, converted a, a fourth and short, and Al Michaels saying Bryce Young didn't have enough tush to push, It was a, it was a highlight, <laughs> personal highlight for me.
1: He can still wind back and throw ninety. I was thinking like, <laughs> like all of America would have been totally fine if just Kelsey stayed there, and like Kirk was like, "I'll see you. I'm gonna go back to college just oh. full time." I know you can't talk about that. That's one of that, your, I think watching coworkers. Bryce
2: struggle hurt him a lot. <laughs>
1: it did um hurts me but, too uh, man
2: I, 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 I he I he's lovely Is he, did he go on your show during the combine the draft at all he's such no a lovely I've not guy. I've not
1: met him or anything or, or heard him but yes pie. I'm I'm rooting for him it's not it's not too late and then finally like coming out of halftime, I've never seen a coach do this and by like Ibraflus would be under so much more heat If anyone cared about the Bears, because the way he answers questions in press conferences is insane. There's like a Abbott and Costello routine. I wanted to I meant to send it to you about him talking about how how Fields was out, but that he was listed as doubtful. And he just he can never answer questions. Right. He's like Arthur Smith, but it's not a bit. I, I don't know. Like he just does. He's really bad with the media. But I love that he came out of halftime. He's the first ever coach on Amazon or on like a primetime game, that he was trying to sell the listeners to stay watching. and He, he said he, stoked. He said he had something up his sleeve for the second half. Yes. What do you think was up his sleeve? I did not see anything that was up his sleeve. Well,
2: the, the Tush Push, the comet Tush Push was well, the second half. Right? I know. Okay, but is that it? I, that is it had it. to have
1: been something else. That, I was I thinking think onside was kick or a, no. some sort of trick play. That's he, it?
2: I was So usually at the halftime with Kaylee Hartung, the coaches look so mad. Except for Todd Bowles, who has that like beatific smile that I yeah. love so much, it's like my favorite thing. <laughs> Todd Bowles is smiling, uh, but he was like having a grand. I mean, he looked like a coach who. Uh, it, well, there are high stakes because you I discussed his seat is probably one of the hottest in the NFL, but um, he he looked like he was in zero fear of losing that game, and he proved to be correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it felt good. He was like, "Wow, we're better than this team." <laughs> Like, this is great. I don't know what it's like to go out there and feel totally confident that we can win this game, uh, even playing things very close to the vest. Every
2: time they cut to Frank Reich, I felt so bad for him. The look on his face, his, his, I mean, different coaches in different crappy situations and losing, I have different levels of sympathy for. Her and I don't know why I, I watching him,
1: no, you he can looks feel like, the pain. You can if feel you're the an pain. empath and, and you are it, Mina. You see it and he doesn't hide it. You can feel it all. It's coming through the screen. He
2: looks like, like the like a mom and pop owner who knows he's about to fire all of his employees because of the recession, but he doesn't want to he's like trying to keep a brave face on. Ugh. It's it's he, a rough look.
1: He he looks like a, a coach that knows that he's coaching a team. That was put together by a GM who was hired halfway through the last regime, Matt Rule. Like Fitter up, showed up halfway through and then um, wasn't hired by that GM because the owner made the hire yeah. and couldn't necessarily Good. pick the quarterback that he just took. That's the type of coach that he looked
2: That's, like. That's of all the guys we mentioned, Fitterer, he's to a is should be hot this is a record for saying tush should he should be very hot right now although if you fired the gm is that an immediate admission that your quarterback was the bad, bad pick is that like a psychological dagger
1: right well and and you're yeah. um
2: but it's, it's all the other you stuff know your colleague
1: adam schefter re- reported how you know or, or tweeted out a, a few weeks before the draft that you know reich was was didn't not him. necessarily for Bryce young and and that David Tepper was and so it, none of it might be the GM's thing this this has been a bad owner syndrome for like five or six years stretch for for mm. Carolina and uh I don't want to leave panthers fans on a bummer you know but um that's where we are this it was a Thursday night bummer but a, a treat to spend it with you Mina. no one no one loves Ball more than you of anyone I know so if anyone was going to join me on this one because you would need someone that really loves Ball it was you it was a pleasure thanks I'm I'm glad you're back everyone should check out uh, the Mina Keim show featuring Lenny she's doing twice a week right out of the gate
2: twice a week featuring Lenny featuring Greg
1: that's true me me this week Um, we will be back here on Sunday for a big uh, week 10 recap until then heed the call